Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Paul didn't know who it was, but whoever it was that pushed false religion on these Galatians, they're going to get in trouble for doing it. They were going to have their own judgment that's going to fall on them, whoever it is. And friends, if judgment falls on somebody, you don't want to be nowhere near them. If Jesus would come back and somebody would stand there and look at Jesus and say, you're not my thing, I'm sorry, I don't want to be standing anywhere near you when you say that, okay? Paul was saying the same with whoever this guy was that lied to them about how to be saved. He goes, you need to identify who was it that messed you up. You get away from this guy. Okay. So get away from him. When the judgment hits, you need to be far away from him as you can be. Now, as threatening as that sounded, Paul did say that he had a faithful confidence in the Galatians' future, in the Lord. I have confidence in you. Uh, you I've got people in my church, they'll stumble and they'll get into a mess and But you know what? I've got confidence in them because they're in the Lord. They're trying. They mess up. I mess up. Okay. I've got confidence in them. People have had confidence in me. He had confidence in them that he knew they were indwelled by God's Holy Spirit. They were capable of getting back in the race again and that they could run well again. He's encouraging them to do do that. And I know you can do it. They just needed to shake off whoever the law-bending legalists were that was getting in the way. Who hindered you? Galatians 5.11. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Okay. Oh, it's about to get deep. Y'all bear with me. All right. Somebody somewhere had accused Paul of preaching that circumcision was necessary to be saved. And they were probably doing it, spreading that lie to convince the Galatians to get back to working for salvation again. It's like, hey, look, Paul changed his teaching. He He's on circumcision, too, so let's all just follow the law. So somebody's lying about Paul. So Paul, he countered this false accusation by asking a question. If I'm preaching the message that they are, if I'm doing what they're if I'm saying what they're saying, then why on earth are they persecuting me? You know, you got to think of this. If Paul had really been teaching the same message that the legalists were pushing, then the offense of the cross would have stopped. Then there would be no reason for these legalists to attack Paul for preaching Christ. The persecution would have stopped. So the very fact that they were still attacking Paul for teaching grace was evidence that they were lying about Paul switching to works. Paul was asking the Galatians, Look at what they're doing to me. If I was teaching the same thing as them, then why are they attacking me? He's trying to get them to identify who hindered them. Look, somebody's lying somewhere, and you need to identify who it is. 
to you. They're manipulating you. Now, Paul made an extreme statement here in verse 12. And all right, y'all just bear with me. Without me explaining what circumcision actually is, uh, y'all that you want to look it up and those that you know what it is, it, it has to do with cutting something off. Okay. That's as far as I'm going to go with it. So you can see how extreme Paul got when he said, I wish these troublemakers, they're, I wish they would cut themselves off. Okay. Did any of you catch what you just read here? I caught that and I will leave it at that. I'm just going to say Paul was quite, shall we say, blunt. And his intention here was that if the, if the legalists were so crazy about cutting things off, Paul says, why don't they just go all the way with it and just go ahead and cut themselves completely off? He's like, you, you're going to talk it, just go all the way with it. Paul, I'm telling you what, man, you just made my teaching very difficult. <laughs> but he was very real about it. I, I tell you, when I first got into line-by-line line teaching and realized I can't, I can't skip anything, I have to hit every verse, when I got to that one, I went, oh, Lord, be with me. Anyway, moving on, Galatians 5.13. <laughs> For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Okay, I think Paul pretty much just nailed our society today because today everybody is biting consuming one another. We live in a cannibalistic society where everybody destroys and devours each other. That is ungodly behavior. It is not fitting for a Christian to engage in it. I've seen people on social media, they attacking each other, yelling, throwing accusations and insults, and one of them will play the spiritualized Christian part and say, well, I'm going to pray for you. And then the guy on the other side, he goes, well, you know what? I'm going to pray for you too. Something's not right about that. It's ungodly behavior, and you should not be engaging in that. Get out of that drama. And again, Paul called the Galatians brethren because they are believers. Now, typically, a Jew referred to another Jew as a brother. So, oh, he's talking to Jews, right? No, he's not. The Galatians were not Jews. They're Gentiles. And so Paul's only basis to call them brethren is because they were believers. They were saved like he was. So again, for those that reject sealed salvation because you think it condones a license to sin, well, I'm saved, I can do whatever I want, let's go party. No, that's not right. Paul said in verse 13 that believers do have liberty. Friends, I want you to look at this. If you struggle with this subject, you need to open the Bible and look. He said believers do have liberty, but don't use that liberty as an opportunity to sin. Don't use it as opportunity to, for the flesh, the sin nature. This right here is one of those slam dunk verses that settles the whole debate. Friends, sealed salvation means you can obey all you want to, not sin all you want to. It means you can love all you want to, not hate all you want to. It means you can do right all you want to, not do wrong all you want to. See, the, when you're saved for real, you're going to be inclined to do everything righteously. You have liberty in Jesus, yes, but sin all you want to because of it? No. He said, rather than let your liberty be used for sin, instead, use your liberty for love and righteous things. 
Friends, the way people are going to see us is different. The way they're going to see Christ formed in you is not by us cannibalizing each other like they do on the news and TV shows and social media, but by the loving of the unlovable and by the forgiving of the unforgivable. That's how they're going to see us believers as different. Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Friends, this is what Paul is trying to say. Be led by the Spirit. Saved, sealed, yep, good deal. But you need to walk led by the Spirit, not be walked led by the flesh. And this is the battle that every believing Christian goes through every single day. There's the things you want to do. I want to go do that. It looks like fun, but it's sinful. So the Holy Spirit says no. So you get caught into this kind of a game of tug of war. You've got liberty, but don't use it as an opportunity to go sin. We got to learn how to make better godly decisions. Today, everybody reacts on how they feel rather than on what's doing what's right. You don't act according to how you feel. You know, every morning when the alarm clock goes off and you got to get up early, drive to work and punch that clock. I mean, you really don't feel like getting out of bed, but because it's the right thing to do, your discernment kicks in and you say, well, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose my job. So the right thing to do, get up, go to work and do what's right. That's the same thing as living like a Christian. You don't live by how you feel. You live by what's right. So you got to follow the spirit of God and do what's right and stop letting this how you feel run everything. Paul was telling the Galatian people they needed to make better decisions. Well, how do you know what's right? By being led by the spirit. He'll tell you what's right. Now, I love it when people give me direction. You know, sometimes people will say, don't do this and don't do that. Okay, but give me a little direction here. So Paul's going to give it to them now here in Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. Uh, That word for sorcery, it has to do with pharmacia, that's drug addiction. Contentions, which is fighting with people. Jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition. It's all about you and it's not about anybody else. Dissensions, again, you're getting in more trouble with people causing a mess. You stir in the pot and heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, hello party animals, there's one for you, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, this is a nice big list here of things that a lot of people I see doing in our culture today, and Paul said, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, you're condemned, you're, gonna, you're not going to be saved, guys. I'm going to be specific on one particular thing. I'm going to do what Paul did. He picked circumcision to go at it. I'm going to pick one out of this list because it's very prominent in our culture today, and that is the subject of fornication. It's living like you're married to somebody that you're not married to. It's living with them, engaging in sexuality and playing the love game with them, but you refuse to commit to them. And the reason why God does not like fornication is because it violates the way we are to be with God. God wants to invest in you intimately and spiritually and in love. And if you just want to play the game, but you refuse to commit to God, 
that's not real love. You're not in at all. I had a friend of mine who was went to a workout club, and he says, oh, man, they got all the workout gear. It's great. They have a swimming pool and everything. I said, well, I'd like to come work out there. He goes, oh, the memberships are not bad. It's a real good rate. Just come in and you know sign up, and you'll be on your way. I said, well, no, I don't want to sign up for a membership. I just want to come in and just use all the gear. <laughs> okay. And my friend was like, well, you can't do that. I can get you a one-day pass, but you're going to have to you know, commit to an agreement with them before you can come in. I said, no, I don't want to commit. I just want to come play on the equipment. And boy, he fought with me on that. You can't do that. You can't just come in and you, and, and play the game, you know, just like you have a membership and when you're not paid. I said, well, why not? I said, you are playing like you're married and you haven't committed to that. See, friends, Jesus Christ, he paid our membership, so to speak. He paid our way in so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could enjoy all the full benefits of being in the family of God. But if you will not commit to this, you don't get in. And so fornication is so bad because people are playing the covenant of marriage when they're not. They don't want to commit to that covenant. The Lord Jesus died to make a covenant with you. You can't be in the covenant and not commit. It it, it doesn't add up. And Paul had said, Uh, This list of things, and I'm picking on fornication, is the big one. If you are doing this, it shows your lack of commitment, your lack of godliness. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. I did my best to explain it. If my illustration didn't work for you, I'm sorry, but let me just hold you to the scripture then. If you do these things, you're not going to be saved, guys. I think that's something that people really need to understand. Go back and read the list again. If that's you, friend, you're in big trouble. Oh, no, I gave my life to Jesus. No, you didn't. Because if you did, you would not practice those things. This is what the Bible says. Those who willfully engage in those things will not, will not, friend, are you hearing me, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the rule of an eternal sovereign God over all the universe, that everything is his. He has ultimate authority over everything, which includes the spiritual rule over your heart and over your life. God rules all, and those who will not inherit God's kingdom are those who reject God's authority, and they say, I'm not going to do what you want me to do, God. I'm going to do what I want to do. And Paul said, that those who practice such things as that list we read, they are displaying evidence that they are headed for the condemnation of hell. And friend, if that's you, you really need to get right with the Lord today. Oh, but I'm living with somebody and that's where I live. Move out. I mean, you got to make a discernment decision like Paul told the Galatians to do. Who hindered your walk? Who jumped in the way and messed you up? You need to make better decisions than that, friend. You need to make better decisions on what you're doing with your life. Because if you're in that list, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You're in big, big trouble. Whatever decision you make, he will honor it. If you choose no to God, okay, he's going to honor it. You'll be condemned. But if you say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll honor that too. And you will be saved. Friends, you've got a lot of the red flags now. You know what not to do. But look at this list. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
Okay, Paul said the law has nothing to do with any of this stuff. It's a totally different world, okay? Now, I want you to notice how Paul mentions self-control. Boy, is there not a lack of that today. Let me ask you, have you ever gotten on a freeway and somebody cut you off and you lost your (laughs) self-control? Paul just showed us every Christian's battle, that we have this inner conflict going on, and it comes from the Spirit of God working against our sin nature. And your conduct is going to prove what's really in you. I've got a saying, what's in the well comes up with the bucket. If there's water in there, water is going to come up in the bucket. If there's sand at the bottom of the well, what comes up with it? Sand is going to come up with the bucket. Whatever's really in you is going to come out through your mouth. You're either going to curse the Lord God or you're going to praise him. Paul explained that a godly life is proven outwardly by living according to the Spirit, not according to the rules of the law. Walk with the Lord God. Get right. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. Amen. Galatians 5.24, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Friends, if you have crucified the flesh along with everything that your sin nature wants to have, then you're not going to snap back at somebody that tries to provoke you to anger. You know, there's one thing I've noticed about people who are crucified. They're dead. Dead people, if you poke a dead person with a stick, they won't jump up and poke you back and say, hey, stop that. They don't do that because they're not who they used to be. They're crucified. They're dead. They're gone. If you're crucified, if you've crucified the flesh, you've been crucified with Christ and you no longer live, and Christ lives in you, you're not going to act the way you used to act. You know, Paul had been trying to get these Galatians to see that they were free from the law, and you live a crucified life, it means you don't act the way you used to anymore. You can't. Paul was trying to tell the Galatians, you're free from the law, you have liberty in Jesus Christ. I want to refer to Romans 7, 2 real quick. It says, for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So when you're married, you're under the law, you're with that husband as long as they live. But if they die, you're free. If you run off before the husband dies, that makes you an adulterer. But friends, all of us, we have committed spiritual adultery. By cheating on God, we sinned against the Lord God. And when we gave ourselves over to sin, we became adulterers. But when Jesus died, that freed us from the law of being adulterers. Paul was trying to tell the Galatians, you're not under the law. You need to come back to the liberty of grace because when Christ died, that freed us from the law, much as like how a woman is freed from the law of her husband if he dies. She's not an adulterer if she goes off and marries someone else. But as long as he's alive, she can't do that. She's under the law as long as he's there. But when he dies, she has liberty. The same thing Paul was trying to tell us about the law. Jesus died. He fulfilled the law in himself. He took care of all that standard that we could never reach because we're just not good enough. We're sinners. But Christ died, and now we're free from the law to walk in grace. Isn't that awesome? I think it is. (laughs) But if we don't abide by the Spirit, we become conceited. Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given to me, 
to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to. Well, that's what everybody's doing today. They think they're bigger than they really are, higher than they ought to. When we're saved by grace through faith, not by law, you can't be good enough to earn salvation and you can't be bad enough to lose it either. Believers are free. We're free from the law, the Mosaic law. You can't earn your way up to heaven by checking off your boxes, right? But we have liberty in the Spirit of God, not to abuse it for sin, but to live a life of sacrificial service to God that proves and shows to others who we truly belong to. I want to show you that seal. Ephesians 2.13 But now you belong to Christ Jesus. At one time you were far away from God. Now you have been brought close to Him. Christ did this for you when He gave His blood on the cross. We have peace because of Christ. He has made the Jews and those who are not Jews one people. He broke down the wall that divided them. He stopped the fighting between them by his death on the cross. He put an end to the law. Then he made of the two people one new kind of people like himself. In this way, he made peace. That was Ephesians 2, 13 through 15. That was the New Life Translation. I liked the way it worded it, so I wanted to run that by you. Typically, I use New King James. So imagine now you have guests that are coming over, but you're not cleaning up your house before they arrive, so you really don't value their coming. So they walk in the door and they see a mess all over the place. Did you just prove to them that you really believed that they were coming over? And even if you knew they were coming over, did you just prove to them that you valued their being there? You just showed them you didn't really care. Friends, Jesus is coming soon, and we need to be eagerly waiting for our king. We should be getting ready, cleaning up our house in a spiritual sense, cleaning up your language. we got to clean up our behavior. We have to clean up our relationships with others. We need to reconcile differences we've had with people. We need to clean it up. we got to use our spirit-led discernment to make better choices according to the grace that God has given us. Because sooner than later, one of your siblings that has a good view of Jesus, he's going to shout, he's here. And are you going to be ready? Are you eagerly waiting for Jesus? Friends, if you've fallen from grace, and maybe you've been saved by Jesus before, and maybe you are indwelled, I want to say that I have confidence in you that you can get back and run again. For those of you who are not eagerly looking for Jesus, but you practice those things we read about today that says you will not inherit the kingdom of God, You need to realize that you're being deceived into thinking you're saved when you're really not. And you need to give your life to the Lord today. And you need to get right with the Lord Jesus. Here's how you do it. Pray with me. Father, forgive me. I've sinned. I'm sorry. I violated your law and I ruined it. Forgive me, Lord God. I will repent of my old life. I am now crucified with you. My old self is dead. I no longer do those things anymore. I'm going to walk in the way you want me to, your way. And I thank you for dying in my place and giving me that free gift of salvation. I accept. Thank you for dying in my place and paying my penalty for me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that and meant it and believed it, you're saved. Now walk with godly discernment and follow the Lord. Amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.